chapter 19, starting at verse 1, you will find these words. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass in that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, Make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He is gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone 
by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. Today, saints of God, I want to talk to you from a few moments from the thought. A little imagination. A little imagination. Amen. The Gospel of Luke, written by the one whom the Gospel is titled, uh, the physician Luke. Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke to give a more comprehensive account of the life of Jesus. The Gospel according to Luke is an exhaustive, if you will, account of Jesus as it relates to that which the Lord wants us to know about. Amen. Amen. He spent a meticulous time, amen, going over accounts and making sure he got the parables and the stories of the master, amen, written down because he wanted to give this account to his friend Theophilus. Amen. Theophilus being a Greek, a Gentile, amen, amen, that he would write this letter in the perspective that a Gentile would be able to consume. And so we find ourselves in this gospel, amen. We are, we are moving into chapter 19 and it is instructive what Luke wrote down in chapter 18 as it relates to what Jesus had said. Jesus in chapter 18 talked about a little perseverance, a little persistence. And here in chapter 19, we're talking about a little imagination. In chapter 18, Jesus said, men ought to always pray. So Jesus began to tell a parable about a widow, but not any widow, but a persistent widow. A widow who had issue, amen, that she took to the judge. Knowing that she was behind the eight ball, amen, as it related to favor from the judge, but yet she would not give up. Though it looked tough, though it looked dismal, she would not quit. Until the judge gave in to her demands, amen, and made sure she got what she needed. It started out as an impossible task, being a widow in front of an unjust judge, amen. But Jesus was teaching about persistence. That sometimes you just got to keep on pressing even though it looks like it's not gonna come through. And there are many times in our lives when we want to give up as we move forward because it looks like every time we take one step forward, <laughs> we take two steps back. But somehow, some way, the Lord makes a way out of nowhere. I believe he said, look at my child, it just won't give up. I'm gonna bless them, I'm gonna open up doors that they cannot see. Amen, I'm gonna give to them which they cannot get. The Lord, he blesses 
persistence. But today, but today we want to now focus on his blessing of imagination. When you look at the story of Zacchaeus, so many times we look at the story as a story of, 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 of amazing grace of God. For Zacchaeus was a tax collector, but not only was he a tax collector, he was the chief tax collector in Jericho. Well, today, amen, in the eternal revenue service, amen, uh, the work that they do today, um, uh, we have gotten used to, uh, to a certain extent, amen. But every time the tax rate goes up, amen, we start crying bloody murder. Uh, but in these days, amen, the tax collector could charge you one tax and charge the person next to you another just according to what they desired. And maybe they saw that you had more than the next person, so they wanted more of by percentage of what you had. It was these kind of tax collectors, amen, that were under the tutelage, amen, of Zacchaeus. So Zacchaeus was a teacher of how to get over on other folks, amen. He did not have a pristine background, just like we don't, amen. That, that we don't have the best of backgrounds if we really start looking back in there and climbing up in closets and looking behind doors, amen. We're going to find some stuff that we are not all that proud of. Zacchaeus found himself there. He ain't proud of his past either, amen. But his past is still his present. This man here is one who who would, would take advantage of, of other people, amen, and take from them what they really could not afford to give. It's in this context we find this man Zacchaeus. But how many of y'all know, no matter how bad you've been, how low you've gone, how far away you have made your way, that you cannot get far enough, low enough, or bad enough that Jesus can't save you? Does anybody in the house today can say amen on that today? Amen. amen. To realize that God can reach down no matter how low you go and pick you up. <laughs> Turn you around and place your feet on solid ground. So this story today is an idyllic story of God's redemptive power. Of his power to change darkness into light. To take that which is dirty and to make it clean. Amen. To that which is crooked and make it straight. It's in the life of Zacchaeus. Amen. But today we're talking about a little imagination. In our story, we find that Zacchaeus had heard that Jesus was coming through. But Zacchaeus had a handicap. Amen. If you use that terminology, that he was very short. So he found himself at a disadvantage because he couldn't see over the taller folks in the crowd, amen, and nor could Jesus see him from in beneath that crowd. So Zacchaeus was in a position, amen, of handicap. But what we find out that handicap does not stop you from having imagination. Every one of us has handicap. It may not be height, but it may be thought patterns. It may be cognitive ability of what they call IQ. 
It may be length and breadth of knowledge. It may be speed. It may be of health. Amen. It may be of ethnicity or socioeconomic level, but we got a handicap somewhere. There's something that we don't do as well as somebody else. And that if see, we would be to put up alongside of what normality calls, it'd be a handicap. See, a lot of times we don't consider that because inside of our society, we're able to function quite well with those things that are on the same level as normal. And some people have that out front, amen, that causes them to be seen as those who are handicapped. See, the world, amen, has a certain, uh, if you set a certain uh, parameters around what handicapped is. But the reality is all of us have a handicap. There's somewhere where we all fall short. Amen. So today it is with Zacchaeus, his height. But his height did not stop the height of his imagination. Look at the text. When he uh, realized that Jesus was on his way, even though he was of short stature, amen, verse 3, verse 4 shows his imagination. He says, so he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was going to pass that way. Zacchaeus had never seen Jesus passing that way. Zacchaeus had never been in the sycamore tree, amen, to look at Jesus. But, but Zacchaeus had some imagination. Zacchaeus imagined what it would be like, amen, if he would run ahead of the crowd and climb up in the sycamore and then be in a position to view Jesus from that angle. He had to imagine it before he carried it out. He had to think about it and say, what if I did this? I can imagine if I run ahead of everybody else, climb up in the sycamore, get in its branches, that I, even though too short to be amongst the crowd, I'll be tall enough to see Jesus. Saints of God, it, it, it takes some imagination to carry out the things that God has in store for us. Sometimes we are too unimaginative. We, we sometimes say, well, we can't do all of that like we were a kid. We're grown folks now. This is reality today. Uh, when we were kids, we imagined we were this and that, and we were living here and living there. But as we get older, the world begins to beat on us and to tell us what we can't do versus what we can do. Oh, there was nothing as a kid that we didn't think we could do. Amen. We thought we could be anything. Amen. Superheroes and anything else. Amen. Presidents and, and, and chancellors and all kinds of things. Amen. But as the world begins to beat on you in life, your imagination begins to dim. You begin to say, oh, that's not for me. Oh, I can't do that because of this or because of that. And after a while, imagination is just a dim flickering light almost about to go out. But today, I want you saints of God to be reminded to not let your light of imagination go out. Because there are some great blessings if you just carry out some things that you hadn't seen before. Zacchaeus' life was blessed immensely because he had just a little imagination. 
Some people wouldn't even consider this imagination. But think about it for a minute. Surely it was. Because he had to imagine what it would be like first before he would have the motivation and the desire to carry it out. You gotta have imagination about how the things that God has put in your life and some things that need to be done. You gotta imagine yourself sitting in a position, amen, to move things and to make things happen, amen, so that people are helped and, and, and folks are, are sheltered and people are fed and, and folks learn about the gospel and are renewed and strengthened. That folks who wanna kill themselves now wanna live for the Lord. You gotta have some imagination. You just can't sit around and say, oh well, that's all. That's all it's all about. Well, they're going to go ahead. No, you got to start believing in some things. Amen. Because if you have no belief system, no imagination, no motivation, amen, you'll get nothing done. But Zacchaeus, he didn't let it stop him. Amen. He let his imagination be executed in his walk. Amen. He, he ran ahead of them and he got into the sycamore tree. He didn't really know all what was going to transpire. All his imagination was calling for was the very fact that if he got up there, he'd be in a position to see Jesus. But Jesus will bless your imagination, amen, to go wildly above what you would ever expect. Because as you look at the text, Zacchaeus was trying to see Jesus, but Jesus was seeing Zacchaeus. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Zacchaeus' imagination took him from where he was at handicap, being too short to see Jesus, all the way down to the sycamore tree and up in the branch so that he could see Jesus. And be, because of that, God blessed him and then said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to stay at your house. Undoubtedly, Zacchaeus did not think that Jesus was going to stay at his house. But Jesus went exceeding abundantly above what Zacchaeus thought or imagined, amen, because he had a little imagination. Then Jesus brought that to the next level. Saints, I want you to know, amen, that don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on that which you thought might happen, but a few years have gone by and it seems like it's never going to come true. God sometimes is testing your persistence, chapter 18, and looking at your imagination. Look what happens in the life of Zacchaeus. No longer now is he just one short man who is now trying to find his way up in the tree. Now he is the host of the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. Now, I don't know today, amen, if, if this excites y'all at all, amen, but it excites me. It excites me in knowing that, that out of my little imagination that God can do some great things that I've never imagined would happen to me. That I might have X'd off and thrown in the 513 that God had pulled out, straightened out, and said after he does a few things, then I'm gonna do even greater. What is it in your life today? Do you have any motivations? Do you have any imagination for what God might be doing in your life? Do you have any desires to do something great for the Lord? 
Well, if you do, don't put it down and don't discount it. Pick it up and run with it. Because the Lord is just looking for a few people that have enough faith in God to believe that he can do all things. <laughs> Amen. As the song said, and as the word of God said, if you really believe that I can do all things who, through Christ who strengthens me. Do you believe enough to have a little imagination today? To look at some unorthodox and some unnormal ways of getting some things done, believing that the Lord will bless you because you want to do something that will mean the difference in his world? Look at Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus now has been called down that Jesus wants to stay at his house. He has gone from one who's climbing up in a tree to the host of the master. So he made haste and came down. And he didn't come down any kind of way. He came down with joy. See, sometimes we can get tired in the word of the Lord. We get tired as being Christians. And all we are doing is walking, amen, with almost our heads down. But the Lord is saying to us today, we got to receive him with joy. We got to have an exuberance and energy about ourselves when we're going to work for the master. Some of us have put up our swords, amen, have closed up our knapsacks, and we're just waiting on the Lord to come back, amen, instead of being joyfully exuberant about that which God wants to do in our lives. There are still folks who are sick. There are still people who are hungry. There are still people who are thirsty. There are still people who need a leg up. There are some folks who need shelter. There's a young person here or there who's trying to get an education, who needs somebody to step into their lives. There are some buildings that need to be built. Amen. There are some ministries that need to be started. But you got to start first with a little imagination. Can you imagine in your life what God could do with you in some ministry that you have a heart for? But if you never start with imagination, you can't move to motivation. Amen. Amen. I used an example, amen, of Sister Monique, amen, with her imagination of going out, amen, and to giving food and to drink to those who are out in the hot sun, those who are homeless, amen. And that imagination turned into motivation, amen. And now alongside her comes Sister V, amen, New Zion and Church of Faith, amen, and different people on our job because it's making a difference. It's growing, amen, because God is blessing that imagination and motivation and action to go with it. So what about you? If one person can do that now up to how many? A thousand and some bottles of water over one person's imagination of what can make a difference in this city. How about you? In this room is a ministry within each and every one of us. Amen. So if every one of us does our part, amen, what a difference can be made in this city. But it calls starts with imagination. If you can't imagine it, amen, you can't be motivated by it. And the Lord is looking for us to take action. Amen. So Zacchaeus, amen, he, he finds himself now the host of the master. But Zacchaeus doesn't want to be the host of the master any kind of way. He goes from being a man, one who has on the outside of the commonwealth of Israel to the inside. Look at the text. When he said, come down and make haste, he received him joyfully, amen. And then Zacchaeus did not stop because there were some naysayers. Zacchaeus didn't stop because there were some folks who didn't like what was going on. 
Because look at the text. It says that, uh, but when they saw it, see, there's always the day. They're always seeing something and talking about something that they really don't have no business talking about in the first place. Amen. But they saw it. They complained, saying he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. See, there's always some self-appointed, self-anointed individuals that think they know better than you, that they are better than you, that they know better than you, and they will say what's on their minds, and their minds may not be on track. But you can't be distracted by that mess. You can't say, well, what are you going to do that for? Ah, ain't there enough folks already doing that? Well, what is you going to do? Why is it just you? Or why is it going to make a difference the little bit that you can do? Don't listen to that. You keep imagining. Because it's not all about us anyway. It's all about the Lord. A little in the Lord's hand is a lot. Amen. But the naysayers want to tell you what you can't do. And God is telling what you what you can do. Don't give up on God. You can put folks out the way, but don't give up on God. Don't listen to that. Let your imagination run wild with those things that you can do for the Lord. If it's a thing that could be a great enterprise, well, you might say, well, it's too late in my life. You're never too late while you got blood running warm in your vein. It's never too late while the Lord is still on the throne. Amen. Just have a little imagination. And let it become motivation which turns into action. Look at our text. They complained, amen, but Zacchaeus stood firm, amen. He came down and he, he stood and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I have given half of my goods to the poor. See, Zacchaeus had some action behind his words. Amen. Zacchaeus had already started the process of being what he needed to be for the Lord. He already understood that the Lord had a heart for the poor. So Zacchaeus says, look, Lord, I have given half of my goods. We have a hard time giving tenth of our earnings, amen. And this man has given half of his goods. So when we talk about tithing in the Old Testament, amen, let we put that down. Let's pick up Zacchaeus in the New Testament. So instead of 10%, how about 50? Amen. Amen. So the next time somebody tries to tell you, oh, we don't want to tie this Old Testament, God might look and say, okay, well, let's replace it with the New Testament. How about 50%? How about looking at Zacchaeus who gave half of all he had to the poor? Am I right about it? Does that not say that in the text? But guess what? Zacchaeus didn't stop there, Sister V. Look at the text. And he said, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, hey, as the chief tax collector, there's a whole lot of folks who probably been mistreated uh, by accusation. Amen. There's a lot of folks that probably been told you didn't pay your taxes. Amen. So now give me 39.5%. Amen. But he said, if there's anyone like that, I'll restore to them fourfold what's been taken. Well, 50% sounds like nothing now compared to what he's also committed to. And Zacchaeus is not just playing around. He's just not giving lip service to the Lord. He means it. And that's how we've got to be. Amen. We say we want to do something for the Lord. We have an imagination for it. We can see it. Amen. And we want to have it fulfilled. We've got to be faithful about it. 
We just can't talk about it. We got to actually act on it. Zacchaeus had already acted on it, had given 50% to the poor, and he was ready to restore fourfold. He wasn't just talking, but he was going to put some action with it. If you're going to see the, the realization of your vision, amen, your imagination for something great from the Lord, you've got to be faithful to it. You can't just say, well, I, you know, I did it a couple of weeks in a row, or I did it one year, but I got to, I'm getting tired now. But the, but the, the vision is not complete. You, you can't give up like that and get tired and go lay down somewhere. You've got to keep on working. See, too many of us start good and end bad. But how many of y'all know it's not how you start, it's how you finish? The race is not given to the swift nor the strong, but it's they that endure to the end shall be saved. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. You got to be faithful to the end. Don't give up, don't quit. There's going to be challenges. In your way, Sister Terry, you can't, you can't do it and it's going to be tippy-toeing through the valley. No, there's going to be some folks that say, you crazy. What you trying to do? And there's going to be some people who talking to somebody else about how crazy you are. And it's going to get back to you, but don't allow that to stop you. Amen. Sister Bond want to do something great for the Lord. Amen. Folks are going to say, well, why are you trying to do that? And then you can tell them, well, why not? And may I ask them a question, why aren't you doing it too? Amen. Because there's always the naysayers, but don't let your imagination fizzle out because of what other folks without an imagination have to say. So Zacchaeus has found himself in a great spot. He's committed. Amen. He's already shows that he's sacrificial. Amen. And willing to go above and beyond the call. Amen. And Jesus says to him today, Salvation has come to this house because he also is the son of Abraham. The whole society as a whole had Jericho and, and, and our buddy here, Zacchaeus, set aside. They had him marginalized and dejected. They had him as an outcast and one who couldn't be saved. But we find out that God is still making a way out of no way for even those that the world says there is no way. The world was looking at Zacchaeus, amen, and Israel saying he is a sinner. They never talked about his, his potential to be saved, amen. But the Lord cut through the mess, amen, and said because I've seen him and I've seen your faith here today is what the Lord was saying to him. Salvation has now come to your house. How many of us, amen, who believe that salvation might not come to our house? We live with folks that have not been saved yet. We live with folks who don't think much of the Lord. We've got them in our family, every side. You can't confu confuse me about that or fool me because I got them myself. Amen. But what if, what if the one time that you were courageous enough to talk to them about the Lord Jesus, even though they rejected today. Down the road, it's that very word that causes them to accept the Lord. Well, what if? What if it was that? Even though the naysayers said, they'll never be saved. Even though the naysayers said, there ain't no use in you talking to them about no Jesus. No, there's always use in talking to anybody about Jesus. 
Because it is the Lord that said in Isaiah 55, he said, my word will not return void. He says, it does what I will it to do. <laughs> Amen. He says, whatever I call the word to do. So it is not our word anyway, it's the word of the Lord. Amen. So here we find that Zacchaeus has now been blessed with salvation, not himself only, but also his household because of his act of faith. Because it started with a little imagination, amen. It's turned out for salvation in his house. I, I don't know today, is there somebody here who cares enough about their household to have a little imagination today? Is there, is there somebody here today that believes that just maybe God can do the same thing in our houses today that he's done in the house of Zacchaeus? We got a whole crowd here saying no. And we say Jesus saying yes. So now he is blessed. He called him out to be a son of Abraham. Because the Lord says for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus says, that was my mission, amen, to come and to seek and to save that which was lost. So surely that's on my mind, even in your household today. But today, saints, I just want to encourage us a little bit to have a little imagination. We see the results of imagination all around us. Somebody on some day, somewhere, imagine this church today. When this ground probably had trees and thickets and, and, and tall grass and there was nothing here, but somebody had the imagination to say, we can build a church here. And they could build a church with a sanctuary and somebody had an imagination for an educational center, an educational building with many classrooms. And that imagination through motivation and action turned into the results, what we see today. Somebody's legacy is left behind because they had a little imagination. So I encourage you today, let your imagination run and let the motivation and action go with it. Because you don't know what God wants to do in your life for whatever amount of years you have left. How he wants to change this world for the good. That he wants to make open doors for folks who could not find a way down. Folks who are caught up in drug addiction and alcoholism. Folk who are in sex trafficking, amen. Folk who are hungry and thirsty. Folk who are trying to get an education but don't have the finance. Folk who need a way, a hand up, a way through. It might be you. But I guarantee it won't be you if you don't have no imagination, no motivation and action. I guarantee you if you just sit at the house and say, mm, 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 what a shame. Ain't nothing gonna change. Not from where it should change with you. But you don't want to get to the end of the day and talk with the master. And the master say, well, what did you do with all that I gave you? You lived a whole life and I had great ministry here for you to do. I had this for you to do. I had that organization for you to start. And you never did any of it. I heard you have empathy, but you never had imagination to believe that I was big as I said I was. Enough to motivate you to move on and to take action to make a difference. Today is our opportunity. Each and every one of you, no matter where you are in station in life, this is your chance to make a difference. But you can't make a difference if you're just sitting down somewhere and doing nothing. You got to have some imagination, motivation, and action. Amen. 
You, you, can't, you can't make sure folks who, who are dehydrated get water unless you get the moving. Amen. Somebody's got to give and, and finance. Others got to carry out the mission. But it starts with imagination. If you can't see it, you can't receive it. Amen. So saints, don't give up on God. And don't give up on what God has put in you. Because you don't know what he wants to do in your life. So as I close this message, amen, we know that in the midst of everything, our ministries are a strategy for the great mission. Jesus says it here that to seek and to save that which is lost. Our ministry, whatever it is, is a strategy to the mission to seek and to save that which is lost. If we build great edifice, if we do great ministry, if we feed the hungry and give to the thirsty, if we make ways for educational opportunity, it's strategy toward the mission. Jesus Christ, almost 2,000 years ago, he walked the dusty streets of Jerusalem, giving sight to the blind and giving hearing to those who could not hear giving speech to those who could not speak. It was a strategy toward the mission. Hearing is good and sight is great and being able to talk, but the best thing is that your soul is saved. So I want you to know that Jesus was a strategy and the mission. Because one Friday evening, outside the walls of Jerusalem, the master above all masters, the king above all kings, the Lord above all lords. He died on Golgotha's hill for the mission to save that which was lost. He allowed them to put nails in his hands and nails in his feet because he saw the need of an entire world that there was a payment that they could not pay but Jesus stepped in our place and he died the death that we couldn't die ourselves a once and for all death for the sins of the world, past, present, and future. He was the mission and the culmination of that mission because he was drawing folks to the salvation of Almighty God. But that's not the end of the story. They took him down off that old rugged cross and they put him in a bottle tomb. In that borrowed tomb, he took my sins and your sins, and they were buried with him to be resurrected no more. They were cast into the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. But that's not still the end of the story. He was in that grave all night Friday. He was in that grave all day Saturday. He was in that grave 
on night, Saturday night, but it was early, early, early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand, he got up with the newness of life, that we might know that one of these days that we shall be changed, that these old bodies of sin shall be no more, that we shall put on new bodies that will never sin again, that they never will be thirsty and never will be hungry, they'll never be tired, they'll never be in pain. We will be with the master forevermore, that he's gonna call us to himself and we shall reign forever. Ain't that all right, children? If it's all right, say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Praise the name of the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. The doors of the church are open. Praise the Lord. The Lord, he gave his life for all mankind, that we wouldn't have to go to hell, amen, if we trusted in the Lord. We, we talked about this on last week, amen, about how hell is the place where folk go to pay on their debts. They never get it paid off. That's why they're gonna be in hell forevermore. There's only one who could pay the entire price, and his name is Jesus. If you don't trust in the Lord today, you're going to be paying on it for an eternity. So today is the day to trust in the Lord. Not talk about how good the Lord is. Not talk about I know that the Lord exists. But to give him your life. To say, Lord, take my life in exchange for your life. Take it, Lord, and I want to be what you want me to be. I'm trusting in you for your saving, atoning work on the cross because I cannot do it myself. No matter how many good things I do today, it's always going to fall short of the glory of God. But I'm leaning on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. I dare not trust in the strongest frame but holy in Jesus' name. Right now, you can come to the Lord. You can come to him just as you are, and he will save your soul. Put your hand in God's hand. Put your life in him, and he will give you his life for your life. What a wonderful exchange. Righteousness for unrighteousness. You for him. Come to the Lord today. Come unto Jesus. Why?